Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word. Hey, Happy New Year! Haven't seen most of you since last year, so that's, that's good to look out and and see all these bright, smiling faces. As Luke said, it's going to get over freezing today. First time in two weeks, it's going to get over freezing. That's pretty good, isn't it? But, you know, things change. If you live very long, you see things changing all the time and all around you. It's not just the weather. It's all of life. But the weather is a good place to see that. Here is Niagara Falls a couple of months ago. Here's Niagara Falls today. And so a little bit different, things change, things get different, the same happens in your life. Uh, now that it's going to get over freezing, we hope to get our Christmas lights down outside. Uh, anybody still have their Christmas lights up? All right, now here's the real question. Anybody still have their Christmas lights on? Okay, yeah, we've got several neighbors that still have them on because nobody's even venturing out to unplug them uh, at this particular point in time. But give it a week, give it a two weeks or something like that. Everything will begin to change because change just seems to be a part of life. We're going to be over in Matthew chapter 9 this morning. Matthew chapter 9. And we're going to see how the ministry of Jesus brought constant change uh, with it. And we're going to look at this past year and the year to come, and we're going to see where we are as a church, where we're going to be going, what we're going to be doing. And we're going to be talking about what we often call the state of the church address. So we're going to look over again to Matthew chapter 9. And the first thing we see as we get started is this. The past year has been a time of tremendous change and blessing here at Westport Road Baptist Church. And it also was a time of tremendous change in our scripture for Jesus because wherever he went, things changed all around him. We're going to start by just looking at three verses in chapter 9 of Matthew. And you're going to see the change that Jesus brought uh, over and over again. The first is verse 26. Now, what has happened in verse 26 is that a synagogue leader's daughter has gotten very sick, and he's asked Jesus to come heal her. On the way, the daughter dies. Now, everybody knows what's going on. Jesus is being ushered to the daughter. A huge crowd is following along, and then the daughter dies. And Jesus raises the daughter from the grave. And look at verse 26. News of this spread throughout all of the region. This was a very prominent person uh, in this town. Everybody knew about it. Everybody began to talk. She was dead. He raised her to life again. It was unbelievable. When God works, when God does things, everybody talks about it. The next verse that we're going to look at is just a few verses down, verse 31. And this sentence, Jesus has encountered two blind men. And Jesus gives these blind men back their sight And then look down to verse 31. Verse 31. But they went out and spread the news about him all over the region. So Jesus heals these two blind men. He tells them, don't tell anybody. But they go out. They can't stop. They tell everybody what's done. So in the first one, when people hear the good news, they spread it around. But when good news happens to you personally, you still want others to know it and you spread it. So the news of Jesus is spreading everywhere by the people it's happening to and by people that have heard it. And then the final is just a couple of sentences down in verse 33. Verse 33, now there's a man that's mute. He's unable to talk. Jesus heals the man. And look, it says, when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. 
the crowd was amazed and said, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. So the crowd is absolutely amazed. How can these things be? How can one person have this kind of power? When God acts, people are amazed, people talk, people see great things. The ministry of Jesus did great things. People talked about it. Great things happened. As we look at our church and where we are today, a lot of unbelievable change has taken place in just the last year to year and a half. Change that a lot of us would have thought was never possible just just a little while ago. And it's been changed both internally, it's been changed in our physical plant and everything else. In our physical plant, September a year ago, there were two houses over here. Now there's a parking lot that's over there. That's just been since last September. The fall of last year, we were meeting in the gym. I've got a picture of the house that's right here uh, uh, that was there. That's when we were tearing the house down. That was just over a year ago. Uh, that we were doing that. How many people joined our church in the last year or started attending in the last year? This is your first Sunday, whatever. Look around, you know, several people. They've never seen anything else but this. But that used to just be grass and two houses over there. Then we started meeting in the gymnasium. Anybody remember meeting in the gymnasium? Because the sanctuary was being renovated. And uh, uh, we thought, well, this isn't going to work. How's worship in a gym going to work? It worked very well. Uh, we had a lot of help and, and a lot of things went on. We probably had more involvement than any time I've ever seen when we were meeting in the gym. There was a time when this whole room was completely gutted. If you remember, and we were writing scriptures on the floor. And uh, under where you were sitting right now, people have written scriptures of hope of what they think of what they are praying for God will happen in this room right now. Perhaps your very chair has a scripture that was written for you and you don't even know about it, but someone prayed that prayer of what was going on in this room. We've seen so many changes in the last year. It was only last November the parking lot went in. Last December, we moved into this sanctuary. The preschool, our brand new secure preschool, it only started in August of this of, of 2017. Before that, we had preschool on three different floors and it wasn't secure. That's completely changed now with that. Uh, in just a couple of weeks, the elevator is going to be open and there'll be a new steeple and a new entrance in over there. Whenever the city comes and inspects it, it will finally be open. And uh, we will be able to go uh, after that. And then we have a new 100-seat chapel that will also be completed this year. So the physical plan of the church has been revolutionized just in the last year, the last year and a half. There's also been, if you look at any quantify of numbers, though, it was a great year in the history of our church. We had the largest average attendance in the history of Westport Road Baptist Church. We averaged 107 people more in 2017 than we did in 2016. We had 78 new members uh, that joined the church in the past year. Uh, when we did a very large budget increase, we were afraid that we weren't going to get the money in because we were involved in a major capital campaign, and we more than doubled that. We did a 6% budget increase. Right now, we're about 12% over budget uh, for this year. And so you look at those, all of those numbers, and you see things are changing. God has done so much in the last year. Things are happening in and around our church. It's been a time of tremendous change and blessing. And I've never had the opportunity, to, I guess I've had the opportunity, I've never taken the opportunity to say to you how flexible that this church has been in the last year and a half to two years. It's unbelievable with the changes that have taken place uh, around this campus and in our church, how everyone has stayed strong and unified and saw the big picture 
of what we were trying to do. And I, and I thank you all for that. And we praise God for all that is happening here and in and around our church. So this past year has been one of tremendous change. But that brings us to this year, 2018. Where are we going as a church this year? What would God have us do? Well, the past year was a time of tremendous change and blessing, but now it's time for us to leave the building, go out into the world, and make a difference in our community. You see, the changes we have made in the campus weren't for ourselves. We're not about building the kingdom of Westport Road Baptist Church. The changes we are making is so that we can make an impact in our neighborhood, so we can make an impact in our communities, so that we can have a difference in what's going on in the world around us. It's time to leave the building. Look all the way down to verse 38 of Matthew chapter 9. Jesus says, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. Now, where do you think the harvest field is? We're going to talk about Jesus saying the fields are ripe to harvest, but where is the harvest field? Is the harvest field in this room right here? Is that where it is? No. Now, there might be a couple of people that wander in off the streets every once in a while uh, and say, I wonder what's going on down there. You know, they're doing something new. Think I'll wander in. But the harvest field isn't in this room. This is a place of encouragement and hope and family and pulling together and strengthening so that we can go out and make a difference in the world. This isn't where the difference is made. The difference is made out there because that's where the need is. That's where the harvest is. And everything that we've done in the past year is so that we will now leave the building and make a difference out in the world. And the first thing we see when we think about leaving the building and going out into the world is that the need around us is great. The need around us is great. Look at verse 36. Verse 36. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion upon them. They were, they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You see, wherever Jesus went, huge crowds would gather around. And, and they, they were all different kinds of people. Why would crowds gather to hear Jesus? Well, first of all, they'd heard about him. And so you had the curious people that showed up. They just wanted to see, is this true? You know, it's a big deal. Everybody else is going, I'm curious. So the curious showed up. But then you had the desperate. We hear this guy heals people. This guy can cure sicknesses. And so anybody that was hurting or desperate or lonely showed up because they felt like there was hope in Jesus. And then there was just the people who said, you know, I, I don't know about this God stuff, but this man's doing amazing things. I, I just want to see what's going on. And Jesus looked at the crowds and he says, they're harassed, they're helpless. They're like sheep without a shepherd. And he had compassion on them. The first thing that we need to understand when we go into the world is that every single person on this planet is created in God's image, is loved by God, that Jesus died for them. They are valuable and loved, and every one of them is our mission to bring into the right relationship with God. And the need around us is tremendous, just as it was in Jesus' day. Now, there's two views of the church you can have. One view of the church is that the church is kind of like a country club fort. We're here to insulate people from the world. And if you happen to get in the door, we'll lock it behind you and take care of you and keep you from all the bad stuff out there. That's one view of the church. But that's not the biblical view of the church, although that's the view we generally have of the church. Get in here, we'll keep all the bad stuff away from you. The real view of the church is that we are a, a, a hospital on the very lines of the battle. We are a mass unit, and we are trying everything we can to bring in all the wounded into the mass unit by going out into the world and bringing them back in. 
And that's the view that we need to have of the church. You look at Louisville and the city that we live in is filled with problems from one end to the other. Uh, If you don't think there's need out there, just look around you and you'll find that the robbery rate in Louisville is double that of the national average. The violent crime rate is double that of the national average. The murder rate is triple that of the national average. And as a matter of fact, we're now in the top 20 of murders in the United States. When Dawn and I first got married, and she's from the Tampa area, I'd turn on the TV and all you'd hear is is, is murders and robberies and things going on in Tampa. And I used to think, man, I'm glad that Louisville's not like that. And that was just a few years ago. Now you turn on the news in Louisville, it's worse than it is in Tampa. You know, it's unbelievable what's happening around us. The drug rate is double that of the national average. The FBI said that out-of-country gangs are now infiltrating and taking over the city of Louisville. And so you hear all of this stuff, and you said, okay, the need is obvious. There's a lot of bad stuff going out there in the world right now. Uh, There's a lot of bad stuff happening in our own community. So do we wall ourselves up away from all of the bad, or do we say we're going to make a difference by going out into the world, which is what we need to be doing, because the world around us isn't going to change unless we encounter the world around us. But the need that's in our area is much more than that. We live, most of us, in the east end of Louisville. The east end of Louisville is one of the most prosperous in the state of Kentucky, and yet, did you know it's one of the most unchurched areas in the state of Kentucky? Only about 18% of the people on the east end of Louisville attend church. And in Oldham County, only 10 to 12% of people attend church. That means that anywhere you go, eight out of nine, eight or nine out of 10 people aren't even going to be attending church right where we live in the east end and in Oldham County. Now, you wonder, why, are there, why is it so much lower in the East End and in Oldham County than other places? Because people have moved here from other areas, and they say things like this. Either, well, I, I'm not a Christian, I don't go to church, or my church is in another part of town, it's too far to drive, so I don't go anywhere. And so that's what's ended up happening. And so you have an entire area where no one is going to church at all. We could try quadruple the size of our church overnight and it wouldn't make a dent in what's going on. There's almost 200,000 people that live within five miles of us. And think about that again, 80% of them aren't going to church. So what do we do about that? We have to say we've got to get out into the world. The The need is great and we have to do something about it. And that brings us to the next thing that we see. Okay, the need is great, and the message we need to take to the world and what we need to be doing in the world is very clear. So what is the message, and what do we need to be doing? Look down to verse 35. Verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. At the very end of verse 35, we're told that Jesus did two things when he went out into the world. He taught in their synagogues, but that's not where his real ministry took place. The healing, teaching ministry of Jesus took place out on the street. Think of the three sentences we looked at earlier. What happened with the the synagogue ruler's daughter who had died? Did that happen in in the synagogue or did it happen out on the street? Happened at her house out on the street. What about the two blind men that was healed? Did that happen in the synagogue? No, happened out in the street. What about the, the man who was, was mute and couldn't talk? It happened out in the world. This is the place we gain encouragement. That is the place that we do ministry out in the world. And so we're told that there were two things that Jesus did. Look back, verse 35 again. He proclaimed the good news 
of the kingdom. The first thing that he did is that he shared the good news. You have good news for a world that is in great need and a world that so desperately needs that good news. And the good news needs to be shared and heard. Now, I'm not talking about walking down the street with your Bible and witnessing to everybody you walk into. And I'm not talking about the old, the old knock on every door and, and with your Bible say, hey, I need to tell you about Jesus, uh, turn or burn, you know, something like that. What happens today if somebody knocks on your door and you look out the window? What are you thinking? It's a Jehovah Witness or a Mormon. That's what your thing is out there. I, honey, you go to the door. You know, I, I don't tell them I'm a pastor. You know, that doesn't stop. You know, they'll, they'll still keep knocking, you know. So like, oh, then we really need to save you or, or something like that. You don't want to go to the door if somebody knocks on the door. Did you know the Billy Graham Association said 84% of people who are led to Christ, 84% are led by a family member or a friend. That means everything the church and parachurches do. Every single thing that the church does in an organized way leads 16% of the people who are saved to Christ. 84% are saved because somebody in their life talked to them about God. It's the only way it happens. So if we're going to make a difference in this world by sharing the good news, it's only going to happen not when I or the church do it as an organization, but when you do it as a family member and friends of people. And it's not even sitting down and saying, you know, you're lost. I don't want you to go to hell. I want to share the gospel with you. It's being involved in their life. And when you're involved in their life and they see who you are and what you believe, they're going to come to you after long. Believe me, they will. Because everybody's going to have problems and troubles. And they're going to say, hey, you know, can you help me with this? You're the only person that cares in the office. You're the only person in our family that seems to have any sense, something like that, you know. And so they're going to come and be talking to you about things. It's knowing what to say, being available, and talking to people about it. That's what we need to be doing, is sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. So this year, we're going to intentionally try to train everybody in in how to share your faith with people. And we're going to talk about having opportunities to do that just as you go through your your normal everyday life. It's as simple as just walking across the room to somebody that's hurting and caring. It's good news. It's sharing good news. When somebody's hurting, it's letting them know that there's, there, there's hope. When someone's lonely, it's letting them know that there's a family that can care for them. When, when people are, are, are desperate and grieving, that's what this is all about. It's sharing good news with other people. So how do we get out in the world in an organized way as a church? More and more of our ministries in 2018 are going to be pointed outside the walls of this church. And I'll give you one example of what I'm talking about. One of the biggest things we do every year is vacation Bible school. Everybody loves our vacation Bible school. You know, last year we had, or two years ago, we had almost 400 kids uh, that were on our campus for vacation Bible school. We couldn't do it last summer because of all of the construction that it didn't have. Everything was under construction. But almost 400 kids attended Bible school here at this church the last time that we had it. We are now reinventing vacation Bible school, and we are taking it into the neighborhoods. And we're going to go all around us in our communities, all through the East End and Pee Wee Valley and Crestwood and Prospect. And we're going to take Vacation Bible School into the neighborhoods. We're going to have a minimum of 10 sites that are out there. And we're going to go and we're going to take Bible School into these neighborhoods, trying to reach kids who don't know Christ. Do you know that of the 400 kids that attended our last Vacation Bible School, 19% were unchurched? 
19%. That means 81% of the kids came were either from our church or coming from another church just to attend vacation Bible school. But we're going to take Bible school out into the world and make a difference. Now, my idea when we started talking about this was to name this Taking It to the Streets. And then somebody on staff said, do you really think something at church needs to be named after a song by a group that's called the Doobie Brothers? And uh, I said, well, I've got two ways of looking at that. People that know what a Doobie Brother is aren't going to care. And people that don't won't know them to begin with. So what does it matter? But they vetoed me on taking it to the streets. All right. But I like that. Vacation Bible school. Taking it to the streets, you know. Uh, anyway, but we're, apparently we're not going to use that now, you know, or something like that. Well, anyway, this is going to be June 18th through the 21st. Uh, that's coming up. We want to be in, in all different areas, a minimum of 10 different uh, subdivisions uh, in our area. And uh, we, we want people to, to, to then invite their friends and their neighbors and to have an opportunity to reach more people who are unchurched. It's going to be Monday through Thursday. On Friday, we're going to have a community block party for the entire neighborhood uh, in every neighborhood that we're doing. So to do this, we're going to need a lot of help. Uh, we're going to need as much help as we, as we needed for other vacation Bible school when we needed over 100 volunteers. We're going to need 100 volunteers to do this as well. We're going to need Bible study leaders, crafts leaders, game site leaders, music leaders, general assistants, prayer team. There's all kinds of things that you can do to help. And if you're interested in helping with this, if you're interested in, in offering your home as a site, uh, for this, there's going to be a table set up right when you leave and you go right to that table and say, I'm interested. I want more info, uh, all of this. Now you might be thinking, but what about my kid in vacation Bible school? Then your kid was supposed to go to the community Bible school that's near them. And they're supposed to bring their friends and it becomes a mission project. They're both getting their vacation Bible school. We're using the same curriculum as if we were on this campus. We're using that curriculum. Your kid's still going to Bible school, and they're bringing their friends with them. And so it's now it's become an entire family mission thing because we are taking vacation Bible school to the streets. Thank you all very much. I may still win this if I get enough support that, that's out there, okay? I thank God bless you. God bless you. Yeah. All right. So that's the first thing, sharing the good news out in the community, going out of this world. The second thing, though, that Jesus says is that he not only shared the good news of the kingdom, verse 35, but he healed every disease and sickness. So the second thing, if you all would go out and heal every disease and sickness, I would really appreciate it. Okay? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We would all appreciate that. What's that mean for us today? It means that we need to be caring for people in our community who are hurting. Wherever they are, whoever they are, if people are hurting, we need to be involved in caring for them. Because that's what Jesus did. Yes, Jesus shared the good news. And whenever he healed someone, he always pointed the good news and told them why. But one of the things Jesus was most known for was his healing ministry. And we need to be a part of a healing ministry at this church reaching out to the hopeless and the helpless with a love and, and grace that comes from Jesus Christ. And we're going to do that in so many ways uh, in 2000, 
uh, and 18. We are already involved in a lot of things that we want to increase and make stronger. Uh, we have a prison ministry that meets at the LaGrange Reformatory. Uh, we're probably looking at starting a ministry at the Pee Wee Valley Women's uh, facility as well. We just started our foster closet uh, where new foster parents can come and, and get clothes and materials and supplies uh, when a child is just dropped off to them at overnight and they weren't ready for it. And we, we've started a foster closet here. We did our first ever foster care appreciation for state foster care workers. And it was unbelievable uh, the response back. These people working unbelievable hours uh, had never even been thanked before. And, and we held a a, 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 an opportunity to thank all of them from the state of Kentucky that were involved in that. We're, we're going to be a part of a new daycare in the west end of Louisville and helping with that in that community. Uh, we, we're going to stay a part of Eastern Area Community Ministries, Mary Hurst, which is uh, girls who have been really severely abused. We're, we're going to continue and upgrade our ministry at Mary Hurst at TAP School uh, for, for uh, girls who have children or going to high school. Uh, we're going to continue our ministry and strengthen it there. And then, uh, of course, with Zachary Taylor Elementary and Westport Middle right next to us, we're going to continue our ministries with those schools. So we are going to be working throughout our community, trying to make a difference, trying to help people who are hurting. Jesus shared the good news and healed the diseases. Our church is now strong. We are a good church. But we will never be a great church until we leave these walls and make a difference in the world that is around us. And that's what we're going to be emphasizing and what we're going to be doing in 2018. And that brings us to the last thing that we see in our scripture. There is unlimited opportunity and possibilities if we will only act. There's unlimited opportunity and possibilities if we will only act. Look down, if you will, to verse 37. Then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Jesus told his disciples, look around you. There are hurting, needy people everywhere around us. There is a world that is desperate for good news. And you have it. But there's not enough people going out into the harvest. Now, here's the problem. If a harvest isn't brought in when it's ripe, then it will spoil and rot. And how many times has a community spoiled and rotted when it was ripe to harvest because the church did nothing? The church was a fort that insulated itself from the bad things of the world instead of a mass unit that went out and changed the world that was around us. Jesus has given us a mission, and it wasn't to show up here on Sunday morning. You see, last week we talked about personally looking at 2018 and that God was going to overcome the unconquered areas of your life. But that's for you personally. For you as a child of God, your mission is to now go out into the world and help those who are hurting and to make a difference through the love of God that he has given you. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Eight out of 10 people in the area that our church is located do not even go to church on Sunday morning. Eight out of 10. It's not fair. That's like hunting in a baited field if you're a Christian. You, just, you walk around, you're going to bump into people who aren't going to church everywhere. 
man, you know, there's no way. If everybody here said, well, this year, I'm going to work myself to death for Jesus and try to bring one person into the church. Do you think you could do it? Do you think if you worked yourself to death, looked for every opportunity, prayed constantly, do you think you could bring one family member, friend, or acquaintance to church by the end of the year? If you did that, we wouldn't have enough room to put them in this building. Wouldn't that be a good problem to have? It's not that the harvest isn't plentiful. It is. It's that the workers are few. And so the motivation has to come from this room where we say it's about what I am going to do in my life with my family and friends. And where do we start with all of that? Thank you for asking. The place we start is verse 38. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send workers into his harvest field. So as we begin this year, I'm not beginning by saying, Go out and tomorrow I want everybody in your family and friends saved in here next Sunday. This is what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to start praying. That's it. I want you to start praying for God to send workers into the harvest field. That's all. Pray that every single day that God would send workers into the harvest field. But I want you to read verse 38 again because there's a really interesting phrase that we miss. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his field. You know what we do? We look around and we say, man, look at all the bad things going on around us. Man, Satan's got this thing in a vice grip. And God laughs and he says, this isn't Satan's world. This is my world. You are my servant with my power. Go into my world and reap my harvest. Why why are we afraid of that? It's not Satan's world. It's God's. The people that are hurting and lost may be bound by Satan, but they're children of God's. And he is calling us to go into his fields and bring in his harvest, and the harvest is ripe. And when we start doing that, people will respond in ways that you couldn't imagine because when good news is heard, people are amazed And they tell others about it. Lori Jones is a teenage girl that works at a convenience store in Stout, Colorado. I have no idea where Stout, Colorado is. No, I do. It's in Colorado. Thank you. Thank you. But anyway, Lori got hot hit there a a few weeks ago, which I know you find hard to believe uh, in Colorado. But the heat was up real hard. She was in all of her winter clothes. It had gotten a little bit warmer. So she opened the door to the convenience store. And when she did, this happened. A deer walked in. And so Lori tried to shoo the deer out, and it wouldn't leave. And so she got a peanut butter bar, unwrapped it, threw a little piece on the ground. The deer ate it. She then backed out the door with the peanut bar, 
The deer followed her out the door. She threw it in the parking lot. The deer ate the rest of the peanut bar, and it left. Lori went back, sat down behind the counter, and looked up and saw this. The deer brought off his friends. We all want peanut bars. I'm here to tell you there is a world out there that is desperate for good news. That is desperate to know that they are valuable and loved and that there is hope. And when you share the good news, word spreads. People hear and the possibilities are limitless. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for the love that you have for us. Help us not to hold on to that love so tightly that we don't let it out. But help us to realize that you have called us into your field to make a difference. Help us to do that this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we come to this time of invitation where you're being invited to what God says to you. One of the things I hope that you commit to during this invitation time as a part of what you're being invited to is that you will start praying for God to bring people into his harvest. God, send workers into your harvest. Start praying that. Please make that a part of what you do when you leave today. I will start praying. Is that too much to ask? Just start praying right now for God to send workers into the harvest. Now I'm going to warn you, If you pray that, it might get uncomfortable because guess who God might start working on? Might start working on you if you're praying every day. God, somebody needs to help that person. I wish you'd send somebody to help them. You know, pretty soon you're going to start seeing that maybe you're the person God's calling to do that. Start praying that today. During this time, you may have troubles or problems of your own. You can come and pray at this altar and we'll have ministers that would love to pray with you as well. You can come and say, I want to join this church and be a part of what this church is doing. But the most important thing you could ever do is to walk down this aisle and say, I want Jesus Christ in my life. I want to follow him in baptism. And when you do that, man, the possibilities are absolutely limitless. Let's stand together as we sing and you respond as God leads you. Let this be our prayer today. You can have it all.
hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, MyWRBC. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word.